Thank you, Lori. Thank you for uh, sharing that with us. I don't know if you've noticed that, but uh, in that passage uh, that we just read there, how many times the word love was used. Um, I think that there is, uh, I counted uh, 14 times, but if anybody wants to check that again, you can. But uh, even in the, gospel, in the first uh, letter of John, that word is um, love is spoken over 54 times. And uh, John is called the apostle of love. He communicates love in everything that he teaches. And so really in a time that we're living in today, we need to have love to face the fear that the season of fear that we're in right now. And so I wanted to talk about love in a time of fear today. And I want us to think and, and look at these uh, verses in 1 John and from the apostle, uh, because he was living in uncertain times, unprecedented times as well. And uh, so we can understand and, and know that um, as he faced those things, we can face them too. So love in a time of fear. First of all, you know, John also wrote a gospel. And so 1 John is only four chapters, uh, four, two pages in your Bible. But there's also the gospel of John. And in John chapter 3, verse 16, that very famous passage that we all know, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And so uh, the expectancy for life, even in the first century, was probably uh, 30, 40 years old. Uh, so people understood and knew that uh, life was temporary. We all know that as well. But especially in these days ahead, uh, we need to know and rely upon the love of God and what Jesus Christ has done for us to give us the assurance of eternal life. And so he says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So God is always displaying his love. Another passage is in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It says that God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, so many people are saying, where is God's love even today? And the greatest display of God's love was him sending his son for Jesus living his life and then willingly dying on the cross for our sins and then resurrecting again. And 1 John 3.16, that book that we're looking at today, says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. See, John is writing as one who's convinced of God's love. And he's so convinced about it that he's unshakable in his confidence that God is in control of all things. You know what can hinder us from understanding that or really believing it or sensing it in our being is fear. You know, you think about the disciples. When they were uh, at the arrest of Jesus, they all scattered. They were totally in fear because the Romans had come and arrested Jesus, put on a trial, and then led him away to his execution. The disciples were totally scared. But then what happened? The resurrection happened, and then the Holy Spirit came and emboldened them and gave them the confidence that they understood that God loved them and they could face anything because they were relying on God's love. And so John 
talks about this to his, these churches that he's writing to in 1 John, and he's speaking it to us today as well. God's word is speaking it to us today as well. And let's look at 1 John chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. This is how we know that we live in, love, live in him and he in us. He has given us by his spirit, of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And this is how we know that we live in him and he is in us. He has given us of his spirit. Now, it's not just the apostles that got the Holy Spirit. They received the whole, we also received the Holy Spirit when we open up our lives to God's love and his power. And the more that we do that, the more intentionally we do that, the more we're filled with God's love and his power. Now we have to rely on this love. And it says in 1 John, this next verse says this, and so we know and rely on the love of God, the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And so we rely on this love. You see, you and I need to come to a point in our lives when more and more we rely on the love of God rather than ourselves even. And so uh, when we're hearing so much news about the pandemic, uh, quite honestly, uh, sometimes I get fearful. I get full of anxiety. I think about the future. I think about uh, things that could happen. But I'll tell you, when fear comes knocking at my door and uh, I entertain fear, what's fear ob uh, objective is, is to influence and control my life. And that's where we have to understand. Now, fear, fear is a natural emotion that can awaken us to a danger. And so there's nothing wrong with that type of fear. We take precaution, like I hope all of you are doing today as we hear about the news of how to fight this pandemic. We need to do that. But then the other part of fear that it can do is it can become overpowering in our life and controlling and influencing us so that our thoughts are no longer on God's love, but where our thoughts are based on the fear that we're hearing. And uh, quite often, fear becomes uh, contrary to God's love. We question God's love and his control. And so I want to look at three ways fear attacks us. And one is fear of losing control. The other one is fear of rejection. And the last one is fear of failure. Now, I've experienced all these fears in my life. I'm sure probably you have too. Uh, sometimes I fear uh, losing control. I, I, I call that one uh, my fear of dentists. I do not like dentists. I, I'm sorry if anybody's a dentist here, works in the dentist field, but I've had some bad experience in the dental office when I was a kid. So that really put a lot of fear in me. And it wasn't until these last you know, 10, 15 years that I started to face that fear and I started to have to go to the dentist. And so I didn't, I didn't want to go because I feared the pain and I feared losing control of my comfort. But I realized that it's the best thing to do is go to the, go to the dentist. Some people have a fear of doctors of even getting a checkup or, 
or they put off things like that. Why? Because they're afraid of what might happen. I used to fear sacrificial giving to God's work. Why? Because I wanted to always make sure I had enough. And, and uh, sometimes, quite honestly, we never feel like we have enough finances. And so God calls us to give sacrificially to his work. I used to fear rejection and failure, and I've already shared that with you. I didn't like public speaking at all. Uh, in fact, it intimidated me so much that I would uh, try to get out of public speaking as much as I could, even after I became uh, a Christian worker and a full-time Christian worker. I just didn't want to get up in front of people and talk, but uh, I had to push past that fear. You know, fear comes up in many different ways. What does it do to us? It lies to us. It influences our actions and even our thoughts. You know, there's a um, uh, fear makes a person a poor leader and a poor lover of people. And uh, that can happen in our lives. It can make you a poor father, a poor mother, or a poor example of that, or even husband and wife. And so, uh, but an extreme example of this is Adolf Hitler. And, um, Adolf Hitler uh, is an extreme example of somebody who was controlled by fear. And there was another fellow there, Martin Niemöller. He's not as famous, but he was a Lutheran pastor. And uh, he heard Hitler speak in 1933. And his wife asked him what he thought of Adolf Hitler. And this is what Mueller said. Niemöller said, I perceive that Herr Hitler is a terribly frightened man. And if you've ever heard uh, Adolf Hitler speak, you could almost hear the fear and anger in his voice all the time, whenever he spoke. You see, fear brings out the tyrant in us. We either become hyper-controlling of people or we become defeated and intimidated by the fear. But when we set fear aside, we can lovingly engage with people in the situation that we're in, in a clear and a, and a thoughtful and God-loving way. And that's really what God wants us to do in, this, in these days ahead. We need to rely on the love of God and face fear. 1 John 4 verses 17 and 18 says this, This is how love is made complete among you so that you will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we're like Jesus. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. What does this love of God look like absent of fear? Look at Jesus' life. That is somebody who lived life without fear. Did fear impact him? I'm sure there were times when Jesus was rejected when he was um, looked at in a negative way, when he was threatened in his life. But you notice that Jesus always had this sense of calm and trust in his Father's love. And this is what John says, in this world, we are like Jesus. He says, in this world, 1 John 4, 17 and 18 says, in this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. And so last week we were talking about 
God's love. And we were talking about being secure in that love and then also being able to see things more clearly when we stop and realize that God's in control. Now, we, re, we use this jar, right? We had the jar that was, was shaken up. And here's what the jar looks like one week of just sitting quietly. And you can almost see, you can almost drink it, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but you see what happens when we get still before God, things become clear. Our love, we can understand and sense the love of God even more. But when fear comes into our life and we, and we dwell upon fear, we listen to fear, what happens? We get shaken up. What happens soon enough? We're in this clouded state of chaos and fear, and fear is influencing our life and filling us with all sorts of lies and intimidation. You know, one of the most uh, challenging parts of uh, living, I think, in close quarters alone with your family is um, that we get cabin fever, right? And then the other part of it is that we can misinterpret each other and we can, uh, we can get irritated. Uh, part of the pressure and the stress of life, working at home, taking care of children, all those things can compound uh, the stress in our lives and we can become less than loving towards each other. And I think that's one of the challenges that we're all facing. And God wants us to face, what does he want us to do? He wants us to take the love that we receive from God through the power of the Holy Spirit and then give that out to others and especially in our families. And so if you find yourself saying the wrong thing to one another, I, I encourage you to apologize, to love each other, to be patient, and to ask God to teach you to love the way that he wants you to. That's what it says in 1 John 4, 19 to 21. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. I want to tell you a story about Thomas Chisholm. Uh, he was born in uh, 1866. But he was born uh, and he always had a Debilitating. Debilitating. Thank you, my dear. Debilitating health problems. He uh, was grew up as a, as a kid that was always sick. And then usually he struggled with anything he tried to do. And uh, he even, as he became older, became uh, tried to become a pastor. He was a pastor for about a year. But his, because of his health concerns and the difficulties that he was facing, he had to resign from that position. Later on, he became a salesman, moved uh, to New Jersey, ended up living in Vineland, New Jersey. But the thing about uh, Tom Chisholm was that he would write poetry. One of the things that he would do was write poetry. And he wrote over 1,200 poems, 1,200 different poems that he had written. One of them that he wrote was... Uh, uh, and during a time in his life when he was struggling in a, in a lot of different ways. 
and he wrote about God's faithfulness. He was a strong believer in Christ. And you know what he wrote? He wrote the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Now, we sing that hymn all the time. In fact, that hymn has outlived Tom Chisholm's life. And it's had an impact and encouraged so many people in times when they've been struggling. You know, God can use so many different, so many things in our life, even the little things of obedience to what God has called us to do. And it can have an impact not only on our lives, but it can have an impact on others' lives, especially as we're faithful to do what God has called us to do. If you think about Tom Chisholm's life, he probably thought he was going to die at a very young age. But if you look at the timeline of his life, he lived to be 94 years old. And he struggled with illness all those years, but God was faithful over his life and over his family. And God used him in a powerful way. Some would have looked at his life and said, oh, poor Tom Chisholm. But I don't think Tom looked at his life that way. And I don't think we need to look at our lives during this time uh, and live in fear. So I want to just conclude with a few things that you can do to face your fear. One of them, one of those things is uh, to face in, in this time of fear is to face your fears. Don't be controlled by them. And we can go to the next slide. Don't be controlled in them. Be influenced and covered by the understanding of God's love for you. He loves you very dearly. So instead of being intimidated by your fears, look at your fears straight on. Find the root of those fears. Am I fearing losing control? Am I fearing that I'm going to fail? Am I fearing that others are going to reject me? Am I fearing that there's going to be something that happens that I'm not going to be able to handle? And if we rely upon the love of God, if we rely upon God's sovereignty and his strength, we can face anything that is coming our way. And I want to encourage you with that today, to rely upon the love of God. The other thing, as we rely upon the love of God, we need to demonstrate that love in our daily lives. I want to close with one more story, and that's the story of the Apostle John. There's a story that the Apostle John outlived all the other disciples. Some say he lived into his 90s as well. All the other apostles had died as martyrs. But John, they used to carry him around on a stretcher at the end of his life, and he would go to different gatherings of believers, and they would ask him to preach. And so when he would, they would take him into a gathering, he would still be on a stretcher and he'd get up enough to sit up a little bit. And then he would say these words, love one another. And then they'd set him down and everybody was in hushed silence as they listened to him again. And then he would say the same thing, love one another a three-word sermon, and then they would take him out and they'd take him to another gathering so that he could speak those words again. Why did he do that? Because he understood and knew that we really can't love one another the way we should unless, first of all, we have a relationship with our Heavenly Father that is filling us with his love, and then we're able to give that out to others. 
And that's really the crux and the, the secret of being able to rely upon the love of God is first our love for God and him filling us and filling us our love tank enough so that we're able to give it out to others and then obeying God and loving the way that he wants us to. So I want to encourage you with that. I want to encourage you to, to love, to take this time to make sure you're demonstrating God's love and your love to other people in all of your relationships. And then God will give us opportunity. Uh, this week, we've been praying for opportunities to show the love of God to others. And it can be in your neighborhood. It can be in your family. It can be in writing a text. And I've, I've been especially uh, challenged by the Lord to write people in health care and give them a word of encouragement. Thank them for being on the front lines. Thank them for the sacrifice that they're making. Give them a promise from God of his care and concern for them. And you can do that. Just, you know, take a Bible verse and give that to them or a word of encouragement or say, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. If you need anything, let me know. And so do that. But there's also so many different ways we can show our love to God. And one of those opportunities that we have is as a church, collectively, uh, we are going to take an offering and you can give online to this love offering for masks and gowns. And we're going to distribute them. One hospital is New York Presbyterian Hospital in Queens. We're going to give towards uh, 20,000 masks. We also have another 10,000 masks that we're going to distribute to other uh, places that need them. And then the gowns that we're going to give, uh, 2,000 gowns. And, and all of this is going to cost uh, $65,000. Now, there's already somebody that has committed $55,000. There's a few donors that have committed to give that much already. So we need to raise another ten dollars to $15,000. So we want to encourage you. Uh, to give as God leads you to. And uh, the more that we uh, obtain and receive in giving this, the more we can use to, uh, sh to share the love of Christ and to help those in the healthcare field and help our hospitals and people around us in our community. So uh, just designate that. Uh, if you're giving towards that, designate that to uh, gowns and masks. Okay, thank you. Let me close in prayer for us before Carlos comes and uh, let me, uh, let's go to the Lord. Father, we come before you right now. And Lord, we sense your presence and your power because we are so weak in ourselves. We are prone to fear, Lord. We are prone to wander away from you. But Lord, we thank you for your unfailing love, that unconditional love that keeps on drawing us back to you. And we ask, Lord, that you would fill us with your love and fill us with the confidence that we need to trust in your love during this time. We pray that we will face our fears by relying on your love and then taking that love and sharing it with others. We ask, Lord, that you would be honored. You'd be glorified. You'd, you'd be the one that is at work in our lives to change our hearts from fear and anxiety to love and confidence and trust in you. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
Praise God. As we sing this next song, we are reminded that we're no longer slaves to fear. Amen. But we have the love of Christ on our side that gives us the power. Um, you know, there's a, there's a scripture, I can't, I can't remember where it's at, but it says, uh, love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. And we know that God's love is as powerful as can be. Um, and it's important for us to, to remove any fear that we may have because we're confident in this, that God loves us. Amen. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God from my mother's womb you have chosen me love has called my I've been born again to your family. Your blood flows through my veins. Sing it out. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Oh, Stand and sing 
I am the child of God. Oh, I am, I am a child of God. Full of mercy, I am a child of God. Forever I am, I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Amen. We believe that we are a child of God. You say it in your house. Amen. We believe it. We believe it. Amen. There's no fear because all we need in our lives is Jesus. We just know that, especially in this time, but there is no other place we can go. But in that place where we can meet with God, where we can have fellowship with him, where we can be fully immersed in his mercy and his grace in this time, I just pray that we would be reminded that there's nothing we can have, no money, no material stuff, no houses for protection, doesn't matter and there's nothing but Jesus there's none but Jesus in the quiet in the stillness I know that you are God in the presence of my weakness I know there I am restored when you call I won't refuse
to bring him praise. So we hold on to that truth that our delight is in our Lord. Amen. Especially in this time, all our hope, all our strength is found in Christ alone. Thank you, Chandra and Carlos. Thank you so much for leading us in worship, leading us into the presence of God, and uh, having our hearts uh, pointed towards Him and receiving from Him. Uh, I want to just close in prayer for us all and uh, prayer, prayer blessing on you and everyone uh, that is listening here, but also for our care workers that are probably working right now and uh, in hospitals and. First responders, our uh, police and emergency medical teams, and all those people in our communities that are sacrificing so much. Father, we come before you. We uh, look to you, Lord, because we can rely upon you. We can rely upon your love. And Lord, we thank you for showing your love by laying down your life for us so that we could be set free from fear and anxiety. And so that we could be filled with your love and take actions that are full of your love. Speak words that are full of your love. And Lord, we pray especially for healthcare workers, for people on the front lines responding to this coronavirus. Lord, we pray that you would give them strength, that you'd watch over them, protect them, bless them, use them. In their weakness, give them strength. In any confusion, give them wisdom. And in any time, Lord, that they are fearful, Lord, give them the love that drives out fear and causes them to act in a way that would um, really minister and help people. So we pray your blessing on them. We thank you for this time, Lord, that we could gather as a church together, even uh, through this meeting, Lord. We pray your blessing on every person here, Lord and on our families. Watch over our children, Lord. We thank you that you are our hiding place. 
that you surround us with songs of deliverance. And Lord, that we can um, join in in those songs by faith, believing and trusting that you are in control and that you are watching over each of us. In Jesus' name, amen.